0: We uh, are uh, expository in our preaching, and we actually are doing expository as we are in a book of Hebrews, but we're actually in Hebrews 11. We're just expositing Hebrews 11. We've been taking the time just to do one chapter, and you notice so far we've uh, just taken a few verses to explain about three different uh, men of faith and it's taking some time. You're probably wondering how long is this Hebrews 11 going to last as we go through verse by verse. Um, it's not really done any differently. It's just that we just happen to pull a golden chapter out of the Bible here to uh, help us learn to know what faith really is. Living by faith. So we happen to be on a man who is included in... In the three greatest religions of the world, when I say the greatest, there's really only one that's great, and that's Christianity. But I mean by numbers, by power, you think of, of course, Mohammedism, Islam. Abraham is mentioned 180 times in the Quran. We definitely know that he is mentioned throughout the Old Testament, and so to the Jews... He is actually called the father of the faith, the father of Judaism. And uh, John the Baptist even recognized him. He says, "Do uh, and do not think to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father," as they called him that. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And of course, he mentioned Abraham there. Now, Christianity, we know, he plays quite the role. Because we have the Old Testament, but we also have the New Testament. And we see the role of Abraham in his ultimate. And we are called children of Abraham because we live by faith. We're saved by faith. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. He had faith in God. Because of that kind of faith, that righteousness, we too have the same promise that Abraham had. So Christianity has a great man in the Bible. In our documents, Abraham is included in a huge way. And that's our position of justification. We're highly related to Abraham, aren't we? If we get our salvation, it's because of the picture that He has and portrays in and Romans 4, it mentions about justification. And what God did is revealed Himself to mankind. And one man that He revealed Himself to in a real way, and it's not just a broad sense... Not just some kind of a general sense, but we're talking about a specific sense that God revealed Himself to him. Very specific. This one man, this one man, Abraham. I think it's good to take note of this one man where God revealed Himself to the, this man who is known as the father of the people of Israel. There was divine revelation given to him. And so the people of Israel recognize him. We recognize Him. And of course, Israel then later was to proclaim this salvation, this covenant that was given to Abraham. And it flows through Abraham. So what's the secret of this man who is considered to be so great? And we know biblically and truthfully, we have it in in our Scriptures, Old and New Testament. We know that He left the worship of Naor, sun god. He left the worship of moon gods and all sorts of gods. He had left Ur the Chaldees, came into the promised land because it was God's desire that he do that. So what was it that brought Abraham from a place where he had been to a place where he didn't know where he was going? It's called faith in Yahweh. It was a life of faith that he lived. He wandered as he came to this, this land that was promised from like pasture to, to pasture to, to all over the plains of the Near East as he, he walked over there for years and years. And He became the heir of this promise, this covenant. And it's related to Jesus Christ because that's where it's all pointing to. Jesus comes from the loins of Abraham, doesn't He? That line of people... Through faith, Abraham obeyed. He dwelled in the land of promise, so he obeyed, he left, where he's at, he went, and then he dwelt in that land of promise, and then by faith he offered up his son. So he left by faith, he lived by faith, And then he showed that this faith was real by offering up his son. That's three points uh, of a great outline that we would have in this section that we're in today, which by the way is a much bigger text that we're taking now than when we have been. You can say, how can we take all of these verses from eight to nineteen where last week we only did one verse? (laughs) And because this is one of the main men, well, this is the this is what happens. If we were doing this verse by verse, and we are, we're doing the verse by verse, we're explaining the words and such. Yet at the same time, our intentions this time is to take each of those men and from where we have been to where we are now to where we're going, and down through the history, and we're showing what faith is. It's an illustration. It's easy for us to see as we look at that. And so our main purpose was as we take Hebrews eleven for however long it takes, as we have keyed in on certain people here, he has a big section. I'm not going to spend weeks on it, it's one week that we're going to do Abraham. And you could go through Genesis and other text and spend not only weeks, you could spend months, you could spend years on the the life of Abraham. Um but that's not our purpose here. That's not what we're doing. So we'll kind of move rapidly through this text. I trust that you know the story. And if you don't, I want to get refreshed. Great uh, work for the week for you to do. Uh, read in Genesis, starting at even chapter 11, 12, and, and then on through in the in the 20s, because he plays a key role. And so when we look at Abraham, we learn what it is to live each day by faith. What is that song? One day at a time? That's what faith is. One day. Matter of fact, you can break it down even further and it's like one moment to the next moment sometimes. So in Hebrews 11, we've been examining the hall of faith. We've seen three examples, three illustrations. One was Abel who gave us a picture of the worship of faith by his sacrifice. Uh, Then we saw Enoch, who was the walk of faith. So we have the worship of faith, the walk of faith, and then we looked at Noah last week. And that would be the work of faith as he prepared the ark for those 120 years. So we have a worship, we have a walk, we have a a work. And now we're going to look at this Abraham and... uh, Boy, this is an everyday faith, and all of these are they all blend in together, but you know we, we take those ideas and we see that he, he he has a life of faith, he is waiting. Why don't we call this the weight of faith? Because he goes months, years, decades. And we see even when He gets to the promised land, it's really not His possession. He doesn't even get it then, as our text will say. But God's promise is always there. So that's an endurance. That's a waiting. We wait while we're here. His life is a pattern for every one of us to follow. This is what God does when He gives us Old Testament. It's for us to learn by, isn't it? It's completely a life of faith. So, let's grab a Bible. Let's open up to Hebrews 11. Let's stand. Let's pick it up at verse 8. Going through 19. By faith. You notice that? We've seen that on every other one. Abraham. When he was called... by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead, at that as many descendants as the stars of heaven are number innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith without receiving the promises. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son, It was He to whom it was said, In Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which He also received Him back as a type. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Here we again, that we do every week after week after week. We look at Your Word. You're speaking to us Help us to learn this kind of Abraham faith that is willing to do something that is very uncomfortable, but knowing it is something that You have for us to do. Help us understand Your truth by Your Spirit. Amen. What characterized Abraham as a man of faith? What were the components? What were the elements here that's... uh, causes this well that's what we'll look at i think i got seven of them down today remember i I had the overall outline where he left you know of course he obeyed and then he lived there and then he offered up that great sacrifice that's three point outline but i don't have that i have one that's more complicated because it's 19 verses and we're going to do it in seven parts (laughs) we're going to do it rather speedily i'm going to try to talk a little bit fast you know the story? Like say, we need to be refreshed though. I wish I would had more time to refresh myself as the week went by. There's a lot in there about Abraham. Uh, chapter 11, verse 8 starts with the call. By faith, Abraham, when he was called. I'm not going to do by faith and Abraham because that's what we've been dealing with. Talked about Abraham. We will talk about him all the way through. He was called. That's where it starts, isn't it? We can't do anything. Abraham was not doing anything for the Lord God Almighty because he didn't know Him. The Word of God is what happened. That's what started his faith, by faith, when he was called. He's called by the Word of God. Abraham believed, he had faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and by the Word of God. This sounds like last week, sounds like the week before, sounds like the week before. That's right. Because the Word of God is always dealing with the calling of God and faith. God spoke to Abraham. When God spoke to Abraham, the first time we can gain insight, we'll have to really start thinking about it. God spoke to Abraham from the, uh, as being the Ur of Chaldees, and then He moved on to another place. God called him again. We're talking about he's about 75 at that time and he's an idolater. (laughs) This is great. Abraham that we are talking about, he was an idolater. God pursued Abram. He spoke to him as one who was an idolater. What happens to a man that has a life that he's living? My goodness, he was at least what 70 years old when that call came. He's willing to pick up his bags and go to a place that he doesn't even know about. What causes one to do that? God is the answer. He's the one that steps into one's life that one is able to do that. It's God that causes that. It causes that. God invaded it. Abraham's life. Abraham was quite comfortable. He was living in a permanent dwelling, in a place where everybody in his family came from. He was quite used to it. He was called by grace. Saul by grace. Abraham, remember he's a pagan. Joshua chapter 24, verse 2 talks about his family. And uh, they didn't know the God of the Creator, God the Creator. What did I say Joshua just before judges Joshua 24 verse 2 and we'll see what his father was involved with he's going to talk about uh, Abraham here. Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord the God of Israel. giving them history here. From ancient times your fathers lived beyond the river. Namely, Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor and they served other gods. In the plural. They didn't serve the true God. Other gods. We know that. How many other gods had Abraham prayed to? and never heard a reply. You're never going to hear from false gods. Not the truth, anyway. False gods can give you of, uh, maybe a word, but it's not the word of God. Uh, what happened whenever he prayed for rain? When there would be drought? I think he got an answer? Did every one of those idols respond and answer to him? He bowed the knee to statues and Idols, whenever he had asked for a favor, favor do you think the, the idol would respond to him? <laughs> Made of wood. Would he do that? He never did hear a voice, did he? One day, God, God broke through by grace. Abraham's not looking for the true God. <clears throat> yeah, he can be praying, but he never gets an answer. How many times had Abraham prayed for his wife to have a son? You can imagine. I'm sure she has been praying. He's praying. Open up the womb. And he's asking this idol to do that. But not a stone or wood idol is going to speak to him about that. I want to tell you right now, I'll tell you what I think, why Abraham... Or Abram at the time got up and left. After all those many years of praying to the idols and not getting prayers answered, the God of heaven and earth breaks through, sought after him, spoke to him. That was it, folks. How could he not respond? He actually got an answer. The answer says, go. I'll show you where you have to go, but you don't know where it's going to be. So you know what Abraham did? Or Abram? He obeyed. The voice. The Word of God comes to him. What does he do? He gets up and he goes. So that gets us into the next word, obedience. He left Everything. Now here's what an idolater does. And by the way, an idolater is anybody who is not a true believer in Christ. Everybody is into idolatry. Whether it be materially, whether it be uh, recreationally, you can think of all the different things, whatever people hold up before the true God. The family even. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. These are the Thessalonians. They were pagans. They worshipped false gods. What did they do? Uh, verse 9 says, For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven whom He raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come Abraham was rescued from the wrath to come to serve this living and true God he turned away from those idols and served the creator God that's an amazing thing when he was called what did he do? he obeyed that's a present participle The same time that there is a calling here, do you know what this is saying here in our Hebrews text? There is obedience. It's just like the two go hand in hand. It's already in motion. Abraham, while being called, obeyed. Do you get that? While he was being called, the very moment as he's being called, he's obeying. Is that immediate? Yes. Did he wait? He said, well... You know, I, 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 think I, I think I hear you, God. I think I know what you're saying. I want to pray about this for a few days. Give me a few weeks. <laughs> no, he heard him. There's nothing else to think about. Go. That's what he does. He goes. While being called, he obeyed. God's saying, Follow me. Abraham doesn't know where he's going. Now, how do we want to walk in this world? Well, I'll tell you how we like to walk in this world. We want to lead and walk ahead of God and tell Him to follow us. We would, this is the way that I have it in mind, right? We want to lead the way. Follow me, God. God didn't ask Abraham, nor does He ask us. He just wants us to trust Him. We follow Him. We follow Christ. When you walk by faith, it's difficult. You become a Christian. There's the fear of the unknown. We don't know what is ahead of us. We don't know how He's going to get us there. How is this going to happen? It's a path. This journey He's already figured out for us. I think it's can be rather frightening. We can speculate of what it might be, but often and most often, I think seldom are we ever right. Most often we're wrong. He has the idea and the will to take us where He wants. We can't even calculate. We desperately depend upon Him and Him alone. For everything. Abraham when he was called obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. Not knowing. Epistemai means to have knowledge but one's attention to put a negative in there and it's not putting attention to he wasn't fixing his thoughts on this, he was clueless he had no concept of God God gave him the call doesn't know where God's taking him God did not give him some kind of a colorful brochure showing exactly where this trail is going to go and what's going to happen in the next 5, 10, 20... 40, 50 years. How's this work? It's all by faith. That's what faith is. Boy, that right there, that, we, we could stop right there. That'd be enough of a lesson, wouldn't it? And if you don't hear anything else, then, hey, God is watching you. <laughs> but that right there is great. to We already know that, don't we? It's, it, the, all this is too obvious. But is it Really? The next time we have a challenge, we kind of forget about these kind of things. Okay, that's number one. That's the call, isn't it? Let's look at the promise. It's in verse 9. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise. As in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Fellow oh, there's the same promise. He had a covenant promise. A covenant promise. God is a covenant God. By the way, that's really part of the meaning of Yahweh. Covenant God, who makes a covenant with His people. He established a covenant with Abraham. Several times in his life, he kept solidifying what he had told Abraham, even though it hadn't happened yet. God comes along and makes clear. Remember this? I told you this. It's long in coming, isn't it? He has to be real patient. But He reassures Abraham throughout. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 through 16, we we see a promise that's related and restated to Abraham again and again. Turn to Acts chapter 7, verse 5. There's Stephen. Stephen is going to get killed because of his preaching, his testimony, and his testimony about even Abraham's testimony. Oh boy, the the Jewish people hated what he had to say. He was just telling the history of Israel. And he did include, of course, Abraham. We look in chapter 7, verse 5. But he gave him no inheritance in it. Not even a foot of ground. And yet, even when he had no child. He promised that He would give it to him as a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke to this effect that his descendants would be aliens in a foreign land and that they should be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. That's what's going to happen. It's going to go and they're going to be enslaved for 400 years. He's an alien. He doesn't own this land. amazing. Tells him to go there. He's an alien. He's a foreigner. He's a nomad. What do nomads do? They don't have a permanent home. They pick up, pack their tents, go to the next place, go from there. He gathered up people in Haran. Or you have Ur the Chaldees and then you have that. And so evidently there are a lot of people with him. Servants for that matter. He was a man of uh, means and, and wealth. Gathered up them, accumulates a, a mass more of these people, kind of like servants to work with him. He's a an alien; they're aliens in the land of promise. He's an alien. Never takes possession of the land. He took, I guess you could say, mediocrity. He took caution, threw it to the wind. But it's not blind faith. Because he had the Word of God. Christians don't live on blind faith. But they do live on the Word of God. What he did do is he rejected the security that he had. This is uncomfortable now. We get secure and real comfortable. God doesn't always make things comfortable if you look through Scripture. He had not been a nomad before, that wasn't him. He was uh, from a family of wealth, evidently. He lived in a permanent dwelling, like a house, something you don't know, pack up and just leave whenever it has when you have to go. He had a permanent job. That's hey, that's the life, right? That's the American way. He did everything like we do. It's very familiar. But God calls him. He left a permanent home to dwell in a tent. I mean a real tent. You know the kind that you see that they do today? There's nomads out there in the desert. That's that's the same kind of tents that he was dwelling in. He left the familiar to dwell in the unfamiliar. A strange country God has placed on this planet for a short moment us. We dwell here in tents in the sense that we're not around here for very long till we pass on out of here. And so there is a pattern here as Abraham lived amongst these people, he pitched his tent amongst them, lived right by them. Um, you see the analogy? He he lived on the edge, he lived that there was a purpose there in his life. He committed himself to even something bigger than himself. Number three pursuing the promise. So we've seen now this very first part, the Word, which is the calling. We see the promise. Now we see Him pursuing this promise. Verse 9 and 10. Read 9, let's read 10. For He was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Before that, in verse 9, dwelling in tents, He said, tent dweller, he sojourns, the word is par oikeo, par, parallel, alongside, oikeo is to dwell, to live alongside the ones who were not aliens, they were citizens, it was kind of like he lived right along with them, he's not of them, but he lives alongside them, He's a foreigner living alongside the citizens who were raised up in that land, who live in that land. They belong there. And He's living right there with them. Do you you see the analogy of us? We live in this world alongside the world. That's what God has called us to do. We sojourn here. A foreigner living alongside the people. We don't really possess this land. Yeah, you might own your house or rent it or whatever. this is mine. These are my things. But really, ultimately, God owns everything anyway. We don't own anything. He owns it all. That's good to know. God owns everything. These things right here are gonna burn up. They don't last forever. They don't last very long at all. As a matter of fact. Living in a tent, he's a nomad. Does this for decades. We're nomads. We live in tents. I want to remain faithful. We are to be strong. There's an ultimate moment of glorification that is happening. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the city. Right? We're looking for the city. The foundations. By the way, that word, the, is in there. The city. The foundations. That's a definite article there something more than he was out there just looking for a particular city where God's people are going to live here on the land. Uh, He was looking for something else more than that as he went about. He didn't know what the next step was going to be, but he was looking for something more. Because there is more, there is the promise. Penny, remember that song that you sang before? This world is not my home. This world is not my home. We live alongside, as we are aliens and strangers. We're looking for something better. Something built by God. Lot wanted the earthly, beautiful land. Nice is what he saw by his eyes. But... We can see where that took him, that he paid dearly. It was costly for life. Abram knew that the promise was much more than what you see. So now we come to the power of faith. Boy, it's a powerful thing, isn't it? We don't drum it up ourselves, otherwise it wouldn't be very powerful. It'd be weak. It'd be nothing. But look at the power. It went beyond human ability. Faith sees the invisible. doesn't see physically. Faith actually sees what is impossible. Trust in God. Whatever humanly cannot be done. When that kind of faith is present, God acts on behalf of His truth. Acts on behalf of the faith of the people that trust in Him. So His name was Abram. Abram, find this very fascinating. Ab, Abba, you guys know what that means. Father. Ham, Am, Ram. It means to be exalted. One who is exalted. So what do you have? An exalted father. That's his name, Abram. Exalted father. That's what's going on here. He's not a father at all, but he's an exalted father. Well, he lived in the Orient or the East and the Near East, as far as this is concerned. People there like to talk. Barnhouse related this. Um, orientals will ask questions, they like to talk, and maybe they would say, uh, What's your name? my name is what exalted father oh well, how many how many children do you have well actually i don't have any children oh. exalted father okay uh, how wonderful that is don't have any children was it abraham or A- abram that was sterile or was it sarah sarah In the 17th chapter of the book of Genesis, God told Abram that the child that he'd have would be his own child, and it would be his wife's own child. We know he had to help God out. And we know the results of that. But God told him it was going to be through her. He's 99 years of age. Gets the the Word from God, and she laughs. That's a human being reaction, isn't it? So what did Abram do? Um, God changed his name. I said, good. Barnhouse suggested this. He said, by the way, as all the people are about, his family and all the servants, they all lived in tents. You live in tents, you can hear everything. And you can hear people talking in the tents and wonder what the conversation was with Abram and Sarai, you know. But anyway, uh, he says, uh, Guys, I just want to tell you, uh, my name has been changed. Everybody's wondering, what, what do you mean? Oh, my name is no longer Exalted Father. I think, Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. My name is Abraham. Father of (laughs) multitudes. Still doesn't have one. Doesn't even have one child. And I'm sure people are saying, this guy does not have a full deck. He's got problems. What is wrong with him? Well, the thing is, he actually has the power of God. Because in Genesis chapter 1, he says, let there be light. There was light. Let there be Isaac with parents who are beyond their 90s. That's never happened. It's a dead womb. Out of this old man and a dead womb, Son comes. He's a promised seed. Pointing to the ultimate promised seed. Abraham believed in this. God's been speaking to him. This is incredible. How's this going to happen? Well, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Sarah... And him received the power to lay down seed. Deposit the seed even beyond the proper time of life. God is faithful. He promised this. This is just out of the world kind of belief, isn't it? Remember, he had been a pagan. God has led him here. By faith, God gave Abraham the power to impregnate Sarah. Faith is not Sarah's. The faith is Abraham's faith because he believed. That's the one we're focusing on here. Yeah, Sarah's involved, but he's focusing on the fact that there's a power that's given to Abraham and also it's given to Sarah's at her womb be open. He believed that. He's a man of faith. And we realize there are innumerable descendants. It's much more than Isaac. All the millions of Jews born because of the faith of that one man. That it would happen in his lifetime long beyond the years. So that's the power of faith. that That's Powerful, isn't it? That's what's illustrated right here. This is unbelievable to the world. That's this sounds crazy. It's if you if you told somebody that, hey, I know a I know a ninety year old woman who just gave birth, <laughs> they'd have you well, they'd probably take you on up to Fulton or at least go see Penny.
1: <laughs>
0: the confession of Abraham. We get uh, from. Oh I need to read 12. Uh, Therefore there was born even of of one man and him as good as dead at that as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. So we can't encounter that that's you know it's the millions of people that are going to come because of his faith from his loin and this is the first group of people that God works with. Now he's had believers. We already know that we already seen those before this time. But now it's a nation that he's going to work the Word of God through. And the Messiah is going to come through. There's a promise made to Abraham and to his descendants, his chosen people. That's where it's extended to us because if we have faith, we're extended too. We don't have Jewish blood. Some of you may have a little bit. But the fact of the matter is, is that if we believe like Abraham does, we are included in the promise that He has. That's right. That city that is to come. So we move to number 5. 13-16. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. They didn't receive the inheritance. Promises been made, they didn't receive it. it. Did you notice how they died? All these died in faith. They didn't give up. They had faith all the way to the point of death. They didn't receive the promises. Who, who are these? Well, it's Abraham, it's Isaac, it's Jacob, it's the fathers. The ones who dwelt out in the tents. Abraham never quit the chase. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen gave a little insight into this matter and Stephen, giving his defense, his testimony about Abraham, he said, And he gave him no inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on, yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession, and to a seed after him, as yet he had no child. How do we reconcile? If God promised Abraham an inheritance, how could God not give him the fulfillment of the promise? Why couldn't he see it? Why couldn't that happen in his lifetime? Well, the Sanhedrin really got upset. If you remember in Acts 7, they wind up killing Stephen, right? They stoned him. Well, he was attacking the very foundation of their very system, their religious system that they had. He's giving a testimony about Abraham and this is destroying their religious system. God made a promise to Abraham and Stephen says God didn't give him any inheritance and all of a sudden... They start really getting mad as it goes along. And boy, you know, they're clenching their teeth. They're ready to kill him. They're talking about the father of the faith here. Scott didn't give him an inheritance there. You know, this this land. How could this be? God made a lot of promises to Abram, didn't He? There were two particular promises that need to be highlighted. One of them is that Abraham would own the land. All the one the part of the land that he journeyed in all that time for, for those decades, and the second was for a city that God had built. Abraham never received Canaan as an inheritance as he had walked about in his physical realm. he died without obtaining them. all these died in faith without receiving the promises. Isn't that strange? All all this has been, you know, faith in God's promises. God is always true. He's faithful. Everything He says, and all of a sudden it says this. Man, that's that's hard to swallow. Here's the question: Why believe the promises and continue to pursue them all the way up to the point of death? God didn't give it to me. Why, in His dying breath, is He still looking for the promise? Well, the answer is found in 14 through 16 of our text there in Hebrews 11. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And Indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. It's a better country. This world is not my home. Even though He dwelt there as an alien. This world is not our home, folks. Don't put your hope in this world. Because all it's going to do is come up empty. There's a better country. They might have had opportunity to have returned had they been thinking in another way, but they desired a better country, a heavenly one, a place where God is not ashamed to be called their God. He's prepared for them a city. So he matured in his faith. He realized God didn't make the promise for the here and now. Your life now, right? It was a better country your best life now? That's not what we live here for. There's a better country. Abraham got what he was promised. He got something far better than Canaan. That's what he first expected. He professed that in this world he was a stranger and a pilgrim, an alien. This world was not a permanent, dwelling place. It's not permanent. This earth is going to burn up. There will be another earth. There will be new heavens and new earth, won't there be, without any sin? Now we get to the enormous test. Verse 17. After He has been going for decades in this land God is going to test Abram that he's never tested him before this is the ultimate test as far as I'm concerned it's the greatest test of Abraham's life and I think it's to be the greatest trial of a man maybe uh, uh, except for the cross of Christ for a just a man. This is one of the greatest tests that anyone could ever have. This shows his faith. He had faith. We know we looked at it all the way through. But whenever you see something visibly, we see that he trusted God. How would you have responded Well, thankfully, God doesn't give us the enormous test till it's time. Well, up to that other time, He keeps giving us tests. Just like at school, you'd have like sometimes the pop test. Those really don't count a whole lot. You know, the quizzes. Then you have a test that is, you know, maybe a weekly test. Then there are the quarterly tests that you might have, and then you'd have the finals. Oh, those were really big. This is kind of like the final test. (laughs) He's had a test all the way up to this point, and now he has the test. How would we have responded? Kill your son, your only son. Kill your son, your only son. God, I've trusted you all the way through tried to help you out a little bit at times. I realized that wasn't the way that you wanted. But I trust you. Because God says this, I want you to go up to the mount. I want you to put your son on the altar. The altar is where you put sacrifices at. We don't really have altars today. Do you know that? The altar was done with Christ at the cross. That was the altar. People refer to the front being the altar and such, but um, I guess you can take that spiritually. But uh, that's been done. The, the cross, the, the work of the sacrifice. There's no more sacrifice is done. Well, Abraham had killed many animals. Abraham is thinking, okay, uh, to sacrifice Isaac. Let's see, he's the heir through which all these descendants that are beyond any number, you know, the stars, the sand on the seashore, uh, God's going to fulfill this. He wants to kill who is going to come through Isaac. Okay, uh, I, I, I'm going to do this. I, what, what is he doing now? How are you going to have descendants like the sand in the sea? How does this work? He knows the animals. He knows the sacrifices. He's been doing that. But his son, that seems to contradict what God is all about. Later on, there's going to be a law. But it's already known. It was revealed all the way to mankind. You don't kill other people, right? And Noah had, had a law and says if you take a life, your life will be taken from you. So obviously, you know, that's there. Well, Abraham uh, responded. He rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men and Isaac, his son, his only son, and he split wood for the burnt offering and his son's saying, well, where's, where's, the, where's the lamb? Well, where's, where's the animal that we're going to put there? And Abraham is taking him there to put him right there on the altar uh, there's the wood. Went to the place where God told him, Abraham has a love for his son. A true love that a father has for his son. And he knows that this is this is all the promise. It's been supernaturally the way that God has worked this all the way through. Because the very boy his only son, even though he had Ishmael, but that was through another woman and not through that he wasn't the line that God was going to work through. But he longed to have Isaac. God had promised things to him, and all along he's been waiting and diligently waiting that there would be more. God gave him a son. Look in Matthew 10, verse 37. This kind of helps us here. Matthew 10, 37. Turns our world upside down sometimes. Hold your finger there for a moment if you like, or wait. The allegiance that He has is really being challenged here now. Was Abraham to love the Lord his God with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength? Yes. Was he not to love Isaac? Of course he's to love him. God was asking Abraham, do you love me with everything you have? Every ounce of your being. What's the most precious thing in your life? would have been his wife too. but you know she's lived a long life uh, she, she dies okay but the seed is what lives on. So that's why he's such a prize here. God is like saying this will you be obedient to me? Even if I ask you to give up the most precious thing in your life, He went to the ultimate, the most precious. There can't be anything that we have to replace God.
2: Wow. That
0: is really asking something, oh God. My son, my only son. Really. Really. We don't really see Abraham asking questions. He's doing this. He's going to do it. Will you be obedient even if I ask you to give up the most precious thing in your life? If you're not obedient, then you're idolatrous because you're going to hold on to that thing. That's more precious to you than God. Now, God doesn't give these kind of tests to us anymore. Because the ultimate sacrifice has been made. But what He does tell us to do is to give up anything that keeps us from glorifying Him. Let's go back to Matthew 10 now. Verse 37. Look at verse 32 first. Therefore, everyone who confesses Me before men... I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Let's go ahead and read 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. And then that statement. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You think family relations, and that's as good as it gets, right? They can't be loved more than you love God. We tend to do that sometimes God can ask us amazing things. We can't hold them up above God, can we? And so He took it to the extreme. Okay, you can take all my money. You can take my house. You can take my car. But these children are mine. Nothing is going to be taken there. He says there there before that, Jesus said, He who does not take His cross and follow after Me is not worthy of Me. This is A bizarre statement to the human thinking, isn't it? Hating your mother and father as it is stated in here? He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Hard statements by Jesus, and it's being put on display in Hebrews 11 by the man Abraham. God ask him to snuff out that life and with it his destiny and all the promises of God. And here is the amazing faith. And God could only do it at the proper time to do this particular test. Abraham was ready. He had real faith. Verse 18 and 19. 17 by faith Abraham he did it by faith when he was tested offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son ah oh, take your son your only son God the Father had an only begotten son. He was truly sacrificed. He was truly killed. The type, the picture, the illustration is being set up for us to clearly see. Abraham was like a father and the son was being sacrificed. God was showing that he was willing to do whatever God told him. It was he to whom it was said, "In Isaac, your descendants shall be called." Abraham still believed it. it does not make it sense, but I believe it. He considered, and this is what he considered then: God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which He also received him back as a type. That is glorious. It's pointing to Christ. This is where this chapter is going. This is where all men put their faith in its Christ sacrifice he got to picture that we got a lot of verses here a big section didn't we from 8 to 19 enormous test and he passed it because he says okay yeah I'm going to go ahead and kill him and of course he had him all bound up and he had that knife and it was ready to go to kill his only son because he knew that the promise said what? There's going to be descendants. It's going to come from Isaac. And he knows God is so true that okay, the only way it can be is something even better. He just brings him back to life. Now that's unheard of, but that's only logical to think that. Well, that's a perfect picture of Christ, right? The only thing is, he doesn't have to kill him, but he was willing to do what God told him. Now, we can't ever make that say, well, I was willing to kill my child because... God told me to. You can't say that. The Word of God has already been done. This work has been done. This sacrifice has been done. It was a one-shot thing with Christ, but Abraham, until Christ came, was a picture to the whole nation of Israel and now to all the world that it's the work of Christ on the cross and His blood that was shed, His righteousness given to Him, given to us, and our sin given to Him is what it's all about. And we have faith in that. So we're not ever going to be asked that. But not to ever hold anything above who Christ is. If it takes us away from Christ, then whatever it is, either eliminate that, whether it's sin or whether it's something that's good, but you have to put it underneath God. So he passed the test... What he did, he rejected the flesh. The input of the flesh starts reasoning things, and we want to reason through the word of God. It says in Proverbs three, verse five and six. Some of you already know what that one is. It might be a favorite verse. Sometimes it's said in graduations. In all your way, oh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. That's what faith is. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will make your paths straight. That's the Christian life, even when we don't know where we're going. We know where we've been, but we don't know where God's taking us. The flesh will try to give you the answer. The Word of God is here, and then faith says, I don't know what's ahead." Number two, believe that God cannot make a mistake. He cannot sin, cannot make a mistake. He didn't hear. The son, Isaac, did not die. God could have resurrected him. And that's what Abraham believed. That is faith, isn't it? Okay, so he dies. He's going to come right back to life. So Christ, the only begotten Son, dies. So he really died. And he really Came back to life because of that fact, the resurrection. We can bank our whole lives on everything of Christ, banking everything on Him. And faith does this faith is the substance or the reality. Reality. Faith sees reality as God sees it, can't see it physically. But we see, and we know it to be true, we, faith is a substance, the reality of things hoped for and the evidence or conviction of things not seen. But we can see spiritually. He passed the test. And that's what God is wanting to do with our lives. Did you see a supreme example here of a life of faith? just in a few minutes we went through the life of Abraham there's much more to that but he had to live it day by day and he waited for years decades that's our life let's pray Father we thank you for this portion of scripture what a hard lesson it is about faith Abraham did things that were far beyond anything that we could think that we could do. But Lord, we know he was just a man. A matter of fact, he had been a pagan. He was an enemy of yours, and you made him a friend. You made him a child of the living God. It showed him who the living God is. He granted him faith, and he learned to trust you through all the little trials to the big test came. And he died in faith. That's what we want, Lord. All the way through our lives, we want to be known as people who believe God, to be faithful, to trust in You. And we have no other place to run to. We can't go back to the other life. This is the life You've given us. We have no choice. There's a better country that we're heading to. And that is by faith that we believe that. Thank You, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Faith is not only remembering. Faith is also... Communion is about... Because He's done this, this is what... He will continue to do. He will have glory be brought to Him. Even though I don't see that yet in my own life, same way for the church's life, we take this communion knowing He's done this, but we also know it's pointing towards a better country.
2: Come to the table. imputed upon us his righteousness and imputed upon him our sin. How incredible is that. How how can we possibly even fathom a father not only putting to death a son, but putting all his wrath and his his all that penalty that was ours. We we were to die for our own sins. We were to go to hell because that was the penalty of sin, but you took the penalty upon yourself. Now, we do not have to have the judgment of God upon us, and we will never have the judgment of God upon us. You have saved us from that. And we thank you for that. So, we take these elements to remind us of what you did on the cross for us. For our minds to be centered upon that very focus that that we should never forget, never forget, what you've done for us. That it would never become old hat. That we'll never say, oh yeah, I understand about the Gospel message of Jesus Christ. No, that it become fresh and be precious within our sight and in our hearts and. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. In Jesus' name. Jesus
0: told us to take this bread. <coughs> Thinking about the broken body of Christ. This bread, remembrance of him, we take. What we deemed very blood of the Lamb, cup of redemption, makes us think of that blood that bought us. Bought us because the sacrifice was satisfied as far as the Father is concerned what the Son did. So we take of this cup and we think what He did and what He continues to do in our lives, we partake God's people, say amen. 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 And uh, just to fill you in a little bit more on the building, which uh, started praying for last week, a lot of things went into action. I got a call from the realtor, and the realtor says that uh, um, you still want the building. He said, yeah. And he said, well, I, we've, we've made an offer of 1200 a month. 200 more than here, and then plus utilities also. Anyway, he said uh, she'll take it. Um, next year would be 1,300. Um, we considered it. We thought about it. We're thinking uh, health-wise here, it's not going to get better. We're. It's not going to be able to Help us continue on here. We we liked it. We've been blessed by it. So it's, it's we just want a new building. But I will tell you, it is a nice building. It's it's very clean. Um, it uh, has a kitchen that's all filled out. So all the all the things that are there in the kitchen are, are there. We don't have to replace. And, um, looks like plenty of room. Never bit as much room as we would have here. Maybe a little bit bigger. I I think we said might be a little wider. Might be a touch longer. Uh, so we're not getting a whole lot, much more space. We don't have the area that we have out there, uh, an extra room like that, uh, but uh, we do have a, a kitchen by, by itself there. And there are other rooms that are offices and uh, great for um, children's rooms that can have blinds if you need or if they need to see what's going on or we need to see. There's windows there.
2: It's
0: up to our option. and so. Uh, Keep praying. Um, it looks, uh, if we want it, it's it's ours. Uh, we went ahead and said, uh, I think we'll go for this. Uh, keep praying, and if this, it seems like it's God's will, and, and if it is, then uh, we we move on. We don't know the date yet or not. We're trying to talk about that. This building comes up on the 15th, but. Our contract actually says we need to give a 60 day notice. But due to obvious reasons and because of health reasons, uh, we might have to um, put that forth. Uh, that's the real reason why we're going. We're not trying to make it a lie. It's, we've got to get out of here because we don't want people getting sick. And there have been people with headaches and uh, mold and black mold is happening. And the people uh, that are upstairs, up here on this floor, they were telling me that yeah, the black mold is is, is that's what's going to happen. We'll go, we have the fall rains that are going to uh, probably come not on. I and, and so it's not going to get any better in that in that way unless somebody starts on it. We can't wait another season. We've gone about as far as we can. So um, I take it okay. This is where God's taking us. It is going to stretch us financially. Uh, someplace where we haven't been before. Every place that we've gone, it's gotten a little bit higher. Um, But uh, we we said pray. We've been praying. I think we got an answer. And of course, this is on um, Southwest Boulevard. 915 915 Suite J, if you want to look at it. Uh, If you see something, you think something, hey, this is not right for us, bring it to us. Uh, We want everybody to be on board with this, knowing... I told you why we have to leave. It's not we just want a different place. That's not, uh, we are a mobile church. We've moved several times down through the years, but we've stayed in places um, until we really couldn't anymore. So, that being said, thank you for your prayers. We need the leadership of the Lord. We just don't want to step out in blind faith. But uh, I believe this is the next level. But we, we, and we would have room to grow. And there are people in the apartments that are all around, so if people would start be praying for them, that we could uh, be a light to that area. What I understand, there are a lot of people that are from India that live in that area. Maybe they don't know Christ, maybe they need Christ. We will be canvassing that area. So if anybody could be praying about it and eventually be helpful in that area in that sense, or giving brochures to people. and whatever it, it's an idea, it's a thought, but um, that's what is now up to date. We don't know what day it's going to be. it could be this month could be as early as the fifteenth we haven't really talked haven't signed anything yet nothing's official it's being held for us and but if it if it works out, could be the fifteenth could be the end of the month uh, we'd like to we'd like to give um at least a month's uh, notice to uh, Ken, who owns a, Ken who owns the building but like I say there's health things here and that's what I'm concerned about the most and we don't want to be paying two rents going on so I don't know how we're going to work it out but uh, it, it could be all the way to next 15th or it could be this 15th of this month um, or the end of the month but that's close, that's very quick that's how it's looking now do you guys like this idea? Amen. Amen. Yes. Everybody <laughs> like this.
2: No <laughs> <little> hesitation there. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I think for some of you it's going to be closer. For others, it might be like a couple miles further. I think of uh, Debbie. I think of Sue and Stan because coming from the east side. But at least it's not going out way on the west end. It's Southwest Boulevard, which is not that much further down the road. Um, but. We've looked around on the East End for a long time, and a lot of those buildings are even being hacked down. You know. Anyway, it's it's affordable. It's something that I think Debbie has studied this, and we can do. We'll just need all of our prayers, and we just need to keep our our giving up, and and hopefully that we can give more get more people uh, that would give encouragement to us. Not just to bring money, and that's not the idea at all. We don't preach that. But if we could get more people in it, I think it would excite all of us. Rather than dropping, people have moved, have left um, seminary, or just moving <laughs> in different different places. and It's like, okay, we're less now than we were before. Lord, what's, what's going on? All I know is He's got something in mind and we've always been here for over 30 years and uh, I don't think He wants us to stop. So here we go again.
2: <laughs> Let's pray.
0: Father, thank You. We just need Your direction, Your guidance. You've been there all along. We believe You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Can I say
2: something? Yes. Yes, Audrey. Uh,
1: Hang uh, on just a second. Uh, just, just, I'm Two things, one, um, most of you probably heard that President Trump called for a National Day of Prayer for the victims of Hurricane Harvey, so that's today. So don't forget to pray for them. But also, because my daughter lives out there, I know that there is a very bad heat wave in California, all up and down California. She's in Northern California. And from something I read today, Apparently, San Francisco. In the summer, they they have space heaters and coats on. They're not used to 100 something degree weather. They don't. A lot of the places don't even have air conditioning. And last night, Erin said it was 95 degrees in the house, and they they can't do anything about it. And uh, well, she's stressed with other things anyway. But it's just a terrible heat wave out in Southern California. A friend lives there it was 116 degrees in Riverside. Mm-hmm. So we've got water on one end and heat and fires mm-hmm. in California. And fires in Montana terrible. So just keep those things in your prayer. And keep my daughter in your prayers, too, because she's very stressed and depressed right now. I'm really worried about her, so
0: I appreciate that, too. So. The hurricanes, the fires
2: so sorry. Bradley's baptism is today. Mm-hmm. That is today. Oh, mm-hmm. So that's why he's
0: not here today because mm-hmm. he's off getting baptized. So Michael's at yeah. Solid Rock.
2: So, Bradley,
0: yeah, Young boy. So just thought that was important. Yeah. yeah got to talk to him last week, and mm-hmm. yeah, his his mother I think was no, just to do that.
3: Yeah, um, Rebecca. And, yeah, considering the My even I've got some down there. My aunt and her husband live in Angleton, Texas, which is just south of Houston. And they have actually an area. A few areas. Their city is town. It's up on a little bit of a hill. They got the levees all around and everything. Yeah, there's some water in the city, but not near as bad. However, they've got um, Sean. Son. They still haven't um, been in contact with him yet. They've been trying to reach him, but works at a facility that was flooded. They were on lockdown.
2: And so my aunt is rather concerned for her son because she hasn't been
3: able to get in touch with him. I guess
0: phone service is out, right?
3: In a lot of areas, yes. And so um, her, her oldest son is on a work thing in Denver, so he's safe.
1: But yes, <laughs> wait that out. His apartment is in Houston and it's completely ruined. So when he comes back from this yeah. work thing, he's going to have it in too, This too.
0: Re- this is real people that, that you know. That you yeah. yeah. My mom's sister.
3: And
0: relatives. And I'm sure some of us might have friends or relatives in it. And
3: this, this flood is affecting more than just Texas, because the refineries are shut down. There's many places in North Carolina and South Carolina that are already out of fuel there's no gasoline wow. to be had and you know the state of kentucky yeah that's why like I can't oh yeah they're flooded all of all of harvey that came inland
0: oh kentucky
3: mm-hmm. kentucky yeah. tennessee yeah.
0: Whoa. I didn't know that. let's have just a, a quick mm-hmm. word of prayer with them as we go lord we we pray for those families um uh, people that we may know or people we don't know that are in Texas, but not only Texas now, we're thinking of some of the uh, southern states who've been flooded out all the way to the coast. People have been affected in huge ways. People have lost homes, have lost everything uh, that they've owned. And uh, Lord, uh, we just know that ultimately you're in control of all this at the same time help us to have a heart, hearts of compassion and, and uh, praying for them is the best thing. Of course, anything else that we can do uh, individually, we know that uh, we, we look to do that. There's so many different ways. And we pray for the, of course, the fires, the heat that's out in California. And there again, uh, there's one, Audrey, and her daughter uh, who is involved in that. And uh, we know that these could be signs, Lord, uh, we don't know exactly how to read all this, but You certainly are speaking in a lot of ways, and whenever these things happen, uh, catastrophes, we in no way take light of that, knowing who You are at the same time, having compassion on the people, people who are believers, people who are lost. And um, you know, Lord, we just we think about all these, all these people in, in such a dire situation. And to think of how terrible this this is. And uh, we pray that there would be Christians that would be able to give truth at this time. And uh, that's the way it always is in any time. And we thank you, Lord, for what you do for us constantly. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
3: Okay. Yes. <clears throat> when are we going to sign something with yeah. I think we need
2: to have
0: a problem. Well, yeah, what the deal is is that I, um, they basically, uh, there, will be, there will be a signing too. There's mm-hmm. there's nothing where we stay here because there's a the holiday process. coming up, um, so have a, you will know, this coming week. Mm-hmm. Um, I put it out that we'll um, it, uh, of course, uh, and uh, he knows that. I do need to send that something to him, but he already knows my baby. Like like he, he knows, that. knows something, family. Family. something that official. We can yeah. then send right. to her. She knows she that we want it. Her name is Nip. Sign. Sign. Uh, yeah. uh, Anna Marie Nick, yeah. who owns a lot of properties, she's from, she's from Columbia, she went to school here, here in, in Jefferson City. City, she
2: looks like she's oh, in, in her 60s, late 60s, She's dealt yeah. you know, with horses, I've seen some pictures, right? yeah, like like I possibly have seen somewhere on a home, but um,
0: at any rate, uh, yeah, she, she, uh, okay. she doesn't want that building to probably sit, that's probably why she wants us to go ahead and do it.
3: So are we still um, dealing with, with the realtor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He,
0: he will be the, yeah. He's kind of our be our be go-between between. <laughs> guy until we can do this. He he will probably either get me papers to sign with him or she might be present. I don't know. She's she's probably a very busy lady. But uh, if it, if that be the case, if yeah, she ha- that. has to be present, we meet her. It would be good to meet her. Hey, so but I'm not so sure that uh, name, that's going to happen. So the name he was most
3: interested in yeah. is whose name? And then information with that like I say, I think the church the church's or name but then it's gonna be who represents the church and their contact information but he's asking you to send him on an email with the, you and know, say whoever well we need to give that officially to him okay. so who we want to so want the contact You're yourself, You're yourself.
2: We can do
0: that. First, I'll just get it on mine. They, when they want other signers, whenever they sign for this particular lease. Uh, the way that I, I'm thinking, this is going to be a year lease, we were talking in a said one year.
2: Cause we, that's what we had said, we'll pick it, we'll do the year.
0: Um, then, um, we, but knowing full well that in the next year, is going to be a dollars bit of a And that's I mean,
3: Whatever we sign, I want to make sure Audrey reads. No? Yes. I mean, he needs to know we've got a legal counsel to represent us, too, that we're
2: going
3: to. So, I mean, maybe your name, but maybe we ought to be Audrey's name right away, too, as our legal counsel, so that they know that paperwork needs to go to her so she can read it to tell us what to do. If going to amend any items, Right.
0: Maybe. And as far as... To deal with kent even though we don't have anything in black and white yet i'm taking the word for it i had to give him notice that we're but we need to get it as quick as possible because today is the third were going to do it today send out a
3: general email and to him letting him know that we are we will be vacating
0: the premises by the end of the month at the latest it would be to be the 15th would be great i asked him and he said you can move any time that you wanted i know that it, there needs to be basically put the, the floor over the steps there really isn't a whole lot to do uh, but, we could, I mean, but, we but that wouldn't keep us from moving in there itself <laughs> well the things that are going to keep us from moving in there more than anything is getting the
3: utilities switched over and well, she might even that done. might even be something that would be finding out about what kind of what you're going to have to move radio wire, I've got to give all these people notices, actually. I mean, we got, to, this isn't something we just, we'll have to so we'll deposit 30th, on So if it's the 30th, we're going to
0: probably have to pay the Parcel 15 written. more days for here.
3: Right, and we can prorate that, we can say we'll pay this fraction. That would
0: be half, which would be 500 dollars and, and then we'd have to pay up front for, I'm sure, for the next month. month which shouldn't be a problem, I
3: mean. That will just start our new month for there. We're okay with that right now.
0: So that would be $1,700 dollars we But would we even try for that? the
3: 15th? Okay. I, I, mean, I don't, it's too I don't late. Think, I think. It's too late, late for the 15th, because we won't get so utilities, so and, so utilities so and stuff
0: moved. And, and also, for utilities, we will probably have to put down a deposit. Right,
3: and I, we're okay with that. We've got the money to put down. It's going to be deposit.
0: demanding a lot.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay.
3: But that's all stuff that's going to be done. And so I'm by up here, here every day. So, okay, since you sent today an email clarifying that we will be moving on the 30th of this area, and by then you are also telling everybody, you know, then the Okay, I was looking at a calendar, and I the, best, sure you did. Okay, the, best, the best scenario is to have things boxed up like that Tuesday. I'm going to start boxing things now. But by that Tuesday, but the week that we move, we need to, you know, after that Tuesday, then we start stacking up chairs, we start, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so essentially we'd be moving the play 9 to 30, and 30th. I have to go put out of here, put in there, our thing would have to be in there before
2: we're talking about it. um, let's see. Ask Nick over there.
3: Like I was saying, I
2: have saying no. I did. States, How do. you like
3: them apples? the of the when we had five <laughs> The past, the yeah, like really awesome. you know, go. I'm going to run the girl. Okay. Stuff, and I'll try to get this done
2: and
3: I'll come back. Okay. Okay. I'll follow you. Okay. But, I
2: mean, hey. I, I See what you guys think so of this, this pressure off. If we came off with true, true <laughs> with,
3: so
1: just, just
3: the songs yes. are going to be, if we came <laughs> And then, yep. another yep. one. We always have, yep. yeah. have yeah. yeah. And then, from there on. You we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll it I mean, if you didn't want to. If
2: have, like, on has to be signed before then. Well, right. Right. And and
0: if on, they go ahead and give us weeks weeks of the key to the we Yeah, I and so then from there on, you make one a lease. Do you see what I'm talking about? That way, now you're not bound by a study period. Let's say you have to study it would be secure. You like to go out and do something, and you don't have down by that. Um, sometimes you get it, usually you've always got right. one on Sunday. But, but like sometimes then, that's yeah. fresh. And then when money comes um, up, you know. might work, yeah, my you might go other things. If <laughs>
3: you, you have one ahead of time, as long as it's down gotten down
0: to where he does the PowerPoint,
2: right. Therefore, we don't really have a deadline <laughs> other than that by the end of the, the week. Yeah, right. Rather than no, the first that that of but we leave it at the first of the week because of the practice, especially for Debbie, because well, Bible study on Tuesday. Of that's why we normally try to get there. Does that sound pretty good? You guys are just getting a hair and a hair line. Yeah, well, I already did it, and I didn't do this. Yeah. Last a while. So you have so one there. Kind of yeah, so right. Right. What you can do yeah.
0: is just, and this it doesn't have to be done in order. Right. Just, just send it's that it's list right. to. And now, and now she's got, and that's right. all we'll, we'll, that yeah, she uh, needs. Then that'll get you going. Now you got all the weeks to I get I what you need. Right. I, I, I had a play system there, and if I get it by Sunday or Monday I knew I didn't have to worry about the rest of it because I wasn't going to have any other
2: time. Now you've got something you can work on, you
0: can put like 10, 15 in oh, I didn't get done, I'll get it. I got another day. I got another day. As long as you get it done by good friday you don't want to be sitting (laughs) on saturday by the way
2: of course i have to have
3: that But it's now the
2: pressure up. is taken off once we get the <laughs> and the they don't to the end of the
0: year. You still have change. to Yeah, right. So you so still you have, have to do that. But if you don't have that, then man,
3: man that's,
2: yeah, yeah. No, that's the bottom. You you know, you're not at a deadline. Yeah. 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 Well, we yeah. can see. I was already. He told me, I already made it. I'm like, it's Well, cool. So you have the
0: same idea. Do you ever notice how many times this happens? You're being a mic
2: mic. That's cool. Hey, how we doing? This uh, No. Hey, this is an Abrahamic right? test. No, this is a new test. I know. Yeah, this, a not find it. It. <laughs> <laughs> this is not an Abrahamic test. This is not an Abrahamic yeah, test. Where is your test from last week?
0: It is in my Bible. Unfilled <laughs> <laughs> out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't look at it. I
2: just didn't get a pen to go through I mean, it. looks good. It's cool. evaluation. I'll send that to score what if I don't get honored? it? Mean, what usually, what yeah, I usually do is I just make comments on it, you, with know, uh, you know, that's yes. all I do. yes. 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 It doesn't really hurt well, it. yourself.
3: Well, so, so they
2: you know know they know they know. that works yeah. out good. Oh, yeah, that's I, you what know, you that, were that, thinking. that. that's a yeah, yeah, okay. piece of
0: cake. Okay, yeah. piece of cake. That's what I want to do. I want to take more pressure off because for him and them to try to get it done, you know, of course he didn't really have a full deadline on it. Right. But uh, that that allows all of us. Yeah, room. that makes
3: it more yeah.
2: helpful.
0: But yeah, all you have to do—you don't have to worry about. It. Of course, you'll get the list to him, and then you can get the list to Debbie. I'll wait until he sends it to me. Probably. Okay. Yeah. I probably don't need your list. If you want to, you go ahead and put it on there. Okay. As um, long as I get it for you know the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Sounds good.
3: All right. Let right. yeah. you, oh. you you get to-